0: 235 7374. And now here's the host of Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izard.
1: Okay. Good evening. Uh, good evening to, to those of you listening to our live broadcast tonight, October 29, 2019. And hello to those of you listening to an internet archive within a few minutes of the show close or rebroadcast some other time. Great you remembered our time Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern Time here on Blog Talk Radio. There is a link on my site. Now, just as a word of advice, a lot of times you'll hear rebroadcasts of programs that were produced in different radio stations. Just realize we're on Blog Talk Radio. Okay. You're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Parthenia Izzard on Blog Talk Radio on the Internet. Now, realize rebroadcasts can come from any program since 2006 all of which were not done here on Blog Talk Radio. So don't be be confused when you hear a different station's name. Now, you can call into into the program using 619-789-6835. Now, there's another number now that you can also use called, uh, let's see, okay, Well, it's not showing up right now. So I'm looking at a screen, and that's the thing that I use to make these determinations. But anyway, it hasn't popped up again. All right. So or if you don't want to call in, you can send an instant message during the show through the link on the Blog Talk Radio homepage. To find a program without the link in my e-card, enter my name or the name of the program in the Blog Talk Radio search box. Please, any problems with the Internet links, give us a call at 866-472-6094 after the program. Now, on this program, we discuss alternative medicine therapies, related products and issues, and we do it with the experts. Only try try these therapies uh, or any therapy in general, but especially those shared here after consulting with your physician. Now, last Tuesday, we did a rebroadcast of a program with John Leslie, who is the co-editor of The Mystery of Existence. Why is there anything at all? If you missed that show, you can go to my website at www.amtherapies.com, click on the radio link to hear the show. For remote, secure video conferenced appointments uh, with me and for general information, call 866-472-6094. Now remember, you can purchase an autographed copy of the book I co-authored, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health, on my site. Visit www.amtherapies.com or www.wellnesswholenessandwisdom.com to make that wonderful resource a gift to yourself and or a friend. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm Alternative Medi. And don't forget eating right for your type with blood type specific products and new skin supplements and beauty products where beauty and wellness meet technology. Now, today I'm going to be speaking with Deborah Kelly, the author of Turnaround, I'm sorry, The Turnaround, Parenting Tips for Improving Your Child's Academic Success. And at the end of the program, we will discuss the herb uh, borage and the asana halasana. Now it's time for our wellness news. Okay, and the source we use is ScienceDaily.com. Now, this article uh, came out February 6th of 2018 and is entitled, This is Your Brain, This is Your Brain Outdoors. Now, neuroscientists find differences in brain activity depending on whether people are outdoors or in a lab. Uh, January 30th, 2018, at the University of of Alberta, they did their research and their summary was that the brain acts much differently when we're outdoors compared to when we're inside the lab and this study, this is what this study found. Now the neuroscientists were at the University of Alberta and, and they're measuring auditory P3 during outdoors cycling using an active wet EEG system and the credit goes to John Ulan the brain acts differently when we're outdoors compared to when we're inside, uh, the lab, a new study has found. Quote, it happens when we're doing normal, normal everyday activities like riding a bike. End quote. Explained Kyle Matheson, a neuroscientist in uh, U Alberta's Department of Psychology. Now, Mathewson and his research team put EEG equipment into backpacks and had subjects perform a standard neuroscience task while riding a bike outside. The task involved identifying changes in an otherwise consistent, consistent set of stimuli, such as a higher pitch in a series of deep sounds. They had previously performed the same experiment on stationary bikes inside their lab, but in In this new study, the scientists were able to record laboratory quality measurements of brain activity outdoors using portable equipment. You have to bear with me because there is an awful lot of feedback in my headset. So it's sort of delaying (laughs) what it is I'm trying to say. So I'm trying to ignore it. Uh, Anyway, quote, something about being outdoors changes brain activity. End quote, said Joanna Scanlon, graduate student and lead author on the study. Quote, in addition to dividing attention between the task and riding a bike, we noticed noticed that brain activity associated with sensing and perceiving information was different when outdoors, which may indicate that the brain is compensating for environmental distractions. The great outdoors. The study showed that our brains process stimuli, like sounds and sights, differently when we perform the same task Task outdoors compared to inside a lab. Quote, if we can understand how and what humans are paying attention to in the real world, we can learn more about how our minds work. We can use that information to make places more safe like roadways if we want to apply these findings to solve issues in our society we need to ensure that, that we understand how the brain works out and in the world where humans actually live work and play said Matthewson, who added uh, that's the end of that quote uh, He who added that almost everything we know about the human brain is learned from studies in very tightly controlled environments next the researchers will explore how this effect differs in outdoor environments with varying degrees of distraction, such as quiet path or a busy roadway. And again, the story source, materials provided by the University of Alberta, note content may be edited for style and length. And again, that's ScienceDaily.com. Okay, and when we come back from break, we will talk to our um, guest for the evening.
2: Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures.
1: Okay. Now, again, you're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Parthenia Izard. And this portion of the program is sponsored by Alternative Medicine Therapies in Pennsylvania. Visit my website, www.amtherapies.com and call our number for remote appointments. That's 866 866- You're hearing us live from the internet. And during the call and during this program, uh, call 619-789-6835 with questions for our guest. And uh, tonight's guest is Deborah Kelly, author of The Turnaround, Parenting Tips for Improving Your Child's Academic Success. Okay, now, Deborah L. Kelly. She has a master's in education and she's a CPE. She received her bachelor's and master's degrees in business education from Temple University, is a certified parenting educator, is a cooperative education coordinator, and of course, as I mentioned earlier, the author of The Turnaround uh, Parenting Tips for Improving Your Child's Academic Success, How to Make Your Child Smarter, Learning Ready, and Nonviolent. Deborah has taught various business subjects on the high school level, pedagogical skills to vocational teachers, severely emotionally disturbed students, and English in the AFNA summer program, which I'm going to ask her to explain what the AFNA stands for. Uh, she retired in 2011. Presently, she facilitates parenting workshops and employment readiness workshops for Unemployed Men and Juvenile Lifers. She has tutored elementary school students in math and English and written parenting articles for a community newspaper. Deborah has been married 42 years and raised two college graduates. Uh, Her beliefs are reflected in the following quotes. One, your inner thoughts become your self fulfilling prophecy. two, how you perceive the future shapes your present behavior three, don't let your failures define you, and four liking yourself is half the battle. okay, hi, Deborah. Hello okay, Deborah. oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> The you microphone know, was um, booting. Yeah, was, I was
0: muted
1: Yes, okay. So s- say whatever you said while you were muted.
0: Well, good evening. How are you, Parthenia? I'm glad to be with you this evening. Thank you for inviting me.
1: It's my pleasure. Um, why don't you start out by just giving us a little information what, about what growing up was like for you?
0: Well, growing up was a nice experience. Although, uh, I will say that, of course, there are some things that we hope that our parents could have done differently, and I can understand that. It wasn't their fault. When you think about us as African Americans, um, our great-great-grandparents were probably slaves, and we parent the way we were parented. So, unfortunately, some of those things that they learned in slavery or didn't learn, um, in terms of um, being effective as parents, um, were passed down from their parents. And uh, I became interested in parenting uh, when I realized that, you know, things could have been done differently, things could have been said differently. However, I don't blame my parents. They were pretty good <laughs> parents. Uh, well, say, before it you
1: get off that, before you uh-huh. get off that, do you want to share what's – in other words – there were experiences that you had or you saw that inspired you want to want to give advice and guidance to others about parenting.
0: Yes. And also I want to give kudos to my parents for having me start working at a young age because laziness is learned, and I realized that by me working, starting to work at the age of 12 with my parents' steak shop and chicken net, that it taught me how to work. And I think that's what parents make mistakes and not requiring too much of their children at an early age. And they think that something miraculous happens at a certain age where they become ambitious, they become hardworking, um, they, they, they become responsible, but it's taught at an early age. And so I'm thankful for them to have taught me how to work and be responsible from a young age.
1: Okay. Now before you go too far, but she's she's on a mission tonight. <laughs> I want to give the listeners a, a little bit of information about the book. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a it has a beautiful cover. It has these pictures of these little people who look so happy and so just wonderfully involved in in enjoying their lives and and it's a very diverse group and I just wondered uh, do you know these children or was this maybe a generic picture of children?
0: It was a generic picture. I don't know those children however I know children who are like that but I also Uh, know children who you see them and they're frowning and they're unhappy Um, uh, and I look at them And their parents are on the cell phone, and they're (laughs) yearning for their parents' attention, Mm. and their parents are not giving them the attention, and they look very unhappy because we all want to be seen, heard, and validated.
1: Well so these kids look like their parents have been uh listening to the tips you've been giving them. They certainly do not look unhappy. I want to go over what's in the, what's in the book, give people an idea of the topics that are covered. I'm going to let you know which sections, I I won't say chapters, sort of stood out to me uh, and sort of touched me, and then I also want to know which ones, if any, you would like to highlight within this hour, and then we can go on to some uh, other types of questions. Okay, it starts out with, of course, there's the about the author, acknowledgments, a note from the author, and an introduction. Then it goes into her tips, and there are... 26 tips, and that's how she breaks down or how you break down the um, sections of the book. Now, the first one is pick up your child when they cry. That I want you to say something about when we, after I finish. Tip two, hug and kiss your child. Three, discipline techniques that motivate. Four, expose your child to different patterns and sequences. Five, read to your child. And then they're reading suggestions. And I thought it they were gonna be suggestions about things to read, but you have offered wonderful strategies that parents can use before, during, and after they read. And I thought that was wonderful. Uh talk to your child in sentences. That's an that was an especially um important section for me. I thought that was really important. Um, engage. Tip seven, engage while bathing your child. Tip eight, engage while doing chores. Tip nine, buy educational toys. Tip 10, engage while in the supermarket. Tip 11, provide a space for creativity. I thought that was very important. Uh, tip 12, take along activities. Tip 13, provide environmental exposure. Tip 14, take your child to the public library. Tip 15, eat meals together. Tip 16, feed your child wholesome foods Tip 17, engage in family activities. Tip 18, encourage school and community activities. 19, encourage musical instrument participation. Tip 20, give your child responsibility. I thought that was also very important. Tip 21, encourage journal writing. Tip 22, encourage learning a foreign language. I thought that was extra important. Tip 23, attend school open house. (laughs) Tip 24, teach your history. Teach. I thought that was important too. Tip twenty-five: Display standard treatment. And I at some point want you to speak to that and explain what you mean by standard treatment. And tip 26, provide knowledge of personal finances. And then I thought that was also important. And then you have a child care selection criteria, book quotations plus, testimonials, a parent's pledge, a child's pledge, and a child's chant. There's a lot here, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm hoping she'll, you know speak to everything so that said which sections i guess were most important to you or that you really really want to share something about and then if that's different from the ones i highlighted um you know you can do those first
0: well they're all important to me and that's why i included them all in the book to help a person become a whole person to be self actualized. There's, um, it's, it's uh, several things that you should take part in, interact with your child, but not difficult things. There are just things that our parents, Parthenia, probably um, part partook with us, you know, interacted with us that are just everyday things that we take for granted. But I wanted to highlight those things because. Every environment is a learning environment, and somehow we've forgotten as parents to to teach our children everything that we experience, we should be imparting and instilling in them before they reach 18. If we haven't taught them uh, everything we wanted them to know before 18, after 18, they won't want to hear what we have to say. And so that's why it's important that when we're riding in an automobile, when we're walking with them, when we're eating a meal with them, that we're utilizing that time to talk to them about what we've experienced, what they've experienced, um, their opinion on things, our opinion on things, how to handle certain situations, what do you do in certain situations. And it really comes in handy when they have to face those things, you know, as opposed to, not knowing anything and entering an environment or entering a situation, not having any frame of reference. You know, you're preparing your child uh, to handle and to cope with life that maybe another person who does not have that family a connectedness does not how to cope with life. You know, everybody's not going to like you. And if you're raised in a family that has shown you love and shown you respect and shown you the standard by which other people should treat you, that is a lot, you know, whether we realize it or not. Um, and, you know, just instilling all the knowledge that we have, uh, even before the age of five, you know, the at the age of five, the ability to learn decreases. And there are certain things that a kindergarten sh- It should know when they enter kindergarten. You know, I know individuals who have moved over the city limit thinking that because they moved over the city limit, the schools are better. uh, That's all they need to do is send their children to school. But when their children enter that environment and other children whose parents have taught them and prepared them know more than they do, you know what happens in the classroom, and it shouldn't be, but you can't take a chance that the teacher because their child doesn't know as much, they will relegate them to the periphery, and they will teach to those who are ready to learn. Can you imagine having 30 kids in a classroom and everybody being on a different level? And your oh, child yes. doesn't <laughs> know the alphabet, doesn't know geometric mm-hmm. shapes, doesn't know um, their their sounds, of, you know, for pho- uh, the, the phonics, uh, doesn't know how to count to 100. You know, um, in the suburbs, These children know how to count to 100 in several languages, and you're going to move to the suburbs thinking that you're helping your child, that's all you need to do, your child is going to know less, and that teacher is going to teach to those who are ready, and your child is not going to be ready to learn. You know, if there is a gap in the sequential learning process, that impedes learning, and your child is going to be lost. And what happens the teacher is not going to pay as much attention to your child and your child is going to get um, angry to say, well, you're not paying attention to me and I'm going to make you pay attention to me uh, regardless whether I'm doing something good or bad. And if I have to do something bad and that's going to get your attention, that's what I'm going to do. And then you okay, your a well... behavior problem and that reputation lasts them for their whole educational experience. And that's not fair to that child only because they didn't know what the other children knew.
1: Okay, well, hold that thought. We're going to stop for a break. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom. With me, Parthenia Izard, uh, your host for the evening. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm Alternative Medi. When you go to my sites, www.amtherapies.com or www.wellnesswholenessandwisdom.com, you will find a link for purchasing blood blood type specific and new skin products. We will be back with Deborah Kelly, author of The Turnaround, Parenting Tips for Improving Your Child's Academic Success. To call in, call 619-789-6835. Okay, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Parthenia Izzard, here on Blog Talk Radio. Now, check the websites to see who we will have next week, uh, November 5th, 6th and 7th 2018 at the end of the next live program we will discuss the air boswellia and the asana ekapada sarvagasana we are back with deborah kelly author of the turnaround parenting tips for improving your child's academic success call 619-789-6835 and uh, interesting. that's a little early for my gong, but uh, maybe we're having some technical difficulties here. So anyway, um, we'll, I'll, I'll let it finish. <laughs>
2: okay.
1: So we'll be back. We're, we are back with Deborah Kelly, author of The Turnaround, Parenting Tips for Improving Your Child's Academic Success. Okay. I have a question. When it comes to the people or parents that you've been talking to, what percentage of the parents either don't know they should be doing most of these things or they don't know how to do these things? How many – because they seem like almost no-brainers, you know, things people should know they're supposed to do with their children. So I'm I'm just curious. How many of the people – that you come across need what kinds of guidance?
0: More than you think. When I go <laughs> to the supermarket and I observe, and I have to apologize sometimes because uh, when I see parents interacting with their child and uh, it's upsetting, uh, like I saw a parent who uh, cussed her child out because she was walking too slowly across the street. But before that, mm. she was scraw- scowling at her ch- her, her child and, you know, giving her dirty looks. And uh, when, when the child would speak, uh, she wasn't acknowledging her child. And I thought, well, you know, in rebellion, the child was probably walking slowly because, you know, she had not given her what she needed, so therefore she was not going to be cooperative with her mother. Hmm. And her mother started cursing her out. And I said, you blankety-blankety-blank. And I said, you're you're abusing your child. That is abuse. It's abuse. Wow. You have somebody to talk to you like that. <laughs> and and when I got home, I told my husband. He said you should not be butting at other people's business, but I can't help it. You know. And and I will say to some parents who are in the supermarket or wherever I go, um, you know, some of the things that they should do to encourage their children to to think, to problem solve to to observe what's going on around them.
1: Uh, they, they, well, they, that's, that's sort of going back to what you were talking about in, in terms of standard treatment. Um, how do you say it's your, your your child is brought up a certain way and you, you know, display this specific standard treatment, yet they are not getting that in other places? How do you explain the discrepancy there?
0: Um, well, if they're not getting it in other places, they will recognize that they're being mistreated. See, that's the thing. If you mistreat your child and you curse your child and you treat your child in a way that um, is demeaning, that's the treatment that they will expect from other people. That becomes their standard. But we wonder why you know, women uh, are capable of being abused by whomever, by a pimp or, 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 or who, whoever. And we say, well, how can they be mistreated that way? When you look at their background, that's the treatment that they were taught to accept.
1: Well, that's why I'm saying when you give good good standard treatment to your child, yet when they go to school or when they are outside in the store, people are not treating them the same way you do, how do you explain to them why that's happening or how they should handle it?
0: I see. Uh, Well, at least they will recognize that they're being mistreated. Some people don't even recognize that they're being mistreated. So when they recognize they're being mistreated, you know, everybody's not going to like you, and you can't make everybody like your child, but you can explain to your child that everybody's not going to like you, but it's more important that you like yourself and that you send positive messages to yourself. And when you like yourself and you send positive messages to yourself about yourself, then you can soar. You can still be successful because successful people feel successful before they become successful. You know, that they will no longer, that they're not a target for a mistreatment, that they will remove themselves from a, um, a demeaning situation or an abusive situation as opposed to accepting it. See, that's what you want to give to your child. Let them recognize when they're being mistreated so that they can remove themselves and seek out people who are willing to give them the same respect that they are willing to give them.
1: well that's yeah that's that's pretty much key now, what kind of help do most do most people seek from you, and does it correspond with the help they need?
0: Um, a lot of people will seek, really, remediation. And I tell parents, see, this is why I do what I do. The parents should be proactive, that they should prepare their children for what they need to know so the teacher can build upon that. We as teachers, we teach best when so we can build upon previously learned knowledge. And that's what IQ is, um, you know, is what you already know. And so, you know, when you enter an environment, uh, you know, a teaching environment or whatever, you know, if, if you know, if you're on the level you should be on, then you're ready to learn. See, I have seen so many of our children not be ready for learning. You know, most, and, and you will talk to teachers today, and they will tell you they spend more time disciplining in the classroom as opposed to teaching. Mm. And that undisciplined child comes to us because they have an undisciplined environment. They have not been taught to actively listen, not be taught to uh, verbally express themselves as opposed to physically expressing themselves. See, all of that is learned in the the homes. And we as parents, if we're proactive in teaching our children all of these wonderful skills, before they enter a formal educational environment, they'll be better off. So that's what I want to teach parents to do. From day one, from birth, to start reading to your children, talking to your children, um, you know, helping them to express themselves verbally. That every environment is a learning environment, filling their heads up with as much information and knowledge as they can. The ability to learn uh, increases when you can, you have the ability to fill your head up with as much information as possible. You know, memory is learned. Everything is learned except for the ability to suckle when they come to this, this, this earth. Everything else is learned. Uh, who we are is learned. Our self-esteem is developed and learned. Memorization skills are learned. Knowledge, everything is learned. And so when your child doesn't know anything, it's because you have not taught them anything. And it's parents' responsibility to teach them and prepare them, because the schools are not going to do it all. We can beg them and ask them and petition and all that, but the schools, you know, who's in charge of the schools, don't want our children as African Americans to be able to compete on the same level. It's not probably going to happen, because that's the scheme of things. So we have to make sure that our children are ready to learn. We have to make sure that our children... Uh, have information and knowledge to build upon when they enter the classroom. We have to make sure that our children can actively listen, that they have discipline to sit and and take in information. Because what I've witnessed, uh, uh, our, our African-American children, a lot of them are lost because they don't have the skill set
1: to learn. So is it a more of a socioeconomic issue? Because obviously be. there are tons of African American children who achieve very yeah. high, you know, uh, well, scores. Well, actually,
0: uh, you know, we, we have more in common with people who uh, financially are on the same level as we do than you know people of our same race who are on different economic levels. But what 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 we're seeing recently is is that sometimes parents who are making a lot who are on uh, a higher economic level they forget to put that time and connectedness with their children. Mm-hmm. And what I had heard in a suburban school from some African-American students is they don't even talk to their parents during the week. They don't see their parents during the week. Their parents are so enthralled uh, um, uh, in, in, in with making money. And I can understand it because it takes a lot to live. But we must remember that we must put that time in with our children. That's our legacy. And that's most important. Well, they say God first, family second, job third. And if you keep mm-hmm. that in order, then you can't go wrong. So we have to remember that our children need our time, attention, effort. And we need to pour all that information and knowledge into them so that they will be ready to take the, you know, our legacy and really do better than we do. That okay, they're so, saying that uh, in this generation, our children are doing not as well as we're doing in our generation. Like Some of our children are, hopefully, most of our children are, but some of our children are not doing well as we are, as doctors, lawyers, or whatever, because we forgot to put the time and energy, quality and quantity time into them.
1: Okay, so somebody has your book. How do they use your book to become better at parenting?
0: Just read it. Read it. uh, Practice some of my tips. And you can call me and ask me, you know, Deborah, why did you say so and so and so? Like, what does this mean? You know, what is your basis for that? And I will explain it to you.
1: Okay, well, since you mentioned that, why don't you share your contact information, your web address, and all of that right now?
0: Okay, they can go to www.theturnaroundparentingtips.com.
1: Okay, say that again. Say that again. (laughs) (laughs) They probably just got up, got the pen, they had the paper. Now they need to hear it again.
0: Dot the T-H-E Turnaround T-U-R-N A-R-O-U-N-D Parenting P-A-R-E-N T-I-N-G Tips T-I-P-S Dot com Or You can call me At 215 8- four zero five five four four and if you send me a check money order i will send you the book and And how
1: much is the book
0: it's fifteen dollars only fifteen dollars and it's a great buy for what the results will be
1: and where should they send that (laughs) trying to get it all out there
0: Okay. It's the www. The no, I mean, where should they send the check? parentingtips.com and you can call me at 215 840 5544.
1: And where should they send the check to purchase the book?
0: Well, if you call me, I will give you my website. Oh, you
1: okay.
2: know, if
0: if I'm giving too many numbers out, but if you call me at 215 215- If you have a concern about your child, if you're questioning some behavior, give me a call and we can discuss what that behavior is and um, what what the best remedy, uh, the best action to take to resolve that that misbehavior.
1: Okay. Any upcoming appearances that you'll be doing? No, not at this time.
0: I do parenting <laughs> workshops and parenting presentations. I don't have anything scheduled right now. I do hope that anyone listening, if you have a book club or if you have a group of parents, caregivers uh, that you want me to talk with or speak with, I would love to come and interact with them and bring my book. So give me a call two one five eight four zero five five four four
1: Okay, what are some of the things parents can do to increase the IQ of their children or well, their son or daughter? Because uh, I I know at some point they become sons and daughters. They don't stay children forever.
0: I know, that's right. Well, you know, Parthenia, just by simply talking to your children increases their intelligence. Isn't that something? Just mm-hmm. by talking to
1: sense.
0: them sentences with them, talking mm-hmm. generally in sentence form with them increases their intelligence you know when you're in the supermarket tell them what they're they're seeing let them smell uh... the fruits and vegetables and tell them what they are you know have them be able to read the labels on the fruits and vegetables you know anything starting with um... you know the the, the four digit numbers uh, if it starts with the three or starts with the four that means it's trad- traditionally grown if it starts with a eight, now think about, you know, be, being behind the eight ball. You don't want to be behind the eight ball. That means it's genetically modified, and we should know that, you know, what we're buying in the supermarket, just those simple things. Um, you know, asking their, your child how many are in a dozen, how many are in a half a dozen. If, if one orange costs 20 cents, how much would two cost? If if one costs one, uh, one, one, uh, ten cents, how, how much would two cost? I, uh, you know, there's a teacher in the school that I worked in, um, you know, in a uh, suburban school, she said they tried to put her child in a remedial math class because her daughter did not know that it was six and a half dozen. <laughs> you know, that, that they're, they're, their <clears> their <throat> children, that we can prepare our children. For testing now, now we can fight testing, uh, fight, fight testing, um, but they're going to test your child whether you know it or not, and so oh, yeah. you want your children to be prepared. And the more you talk to your child, every environment is a learning environment. When you're bathing your child, then it's a the time to count, to from one to a hundred, depending <laughs> upon their age, the alphabet, uh, up and down, the position words. Uh, kindergarten teachers say that. Uh, Kindergarteners come to school not knowing position words, up, down, around, within, without, all of those words. They don't know their mother and father's real names. They don't know the alphabet. They don't know geometric shapes, all those things that children should know. Um, let, let, Let me tell you some of the things that children should know when they enter kindergarten. And, you know, it seems like a lot, but it's not because you have five years in order to do it. And make it fun. Learning should be fun. You know, and and that's when you have the power to introduce your children to learning and make it fun so that they look forward to learning more.
1: Okay. So well, why don't you, me. Um, we're at yes. that point in the show where we're coming toward the end of the hour, and I usually ask my guests uh, to share their final words of wisdom. So what kinds of things would you like to leave our listeners with this evening?
0: Oh well, how, how, how much time do I have? Because uh, if I can tell them what their about five-year-old child needs when they enter kindergarten, and also have a parents' pledge that I like to read to parents as well. Mm-hmm. So do I have about mm, ten minutes?
1: No, you have about three. <laughs>
0: three? Okay. Well, I do have a parents' pledge, um, Go and ahead. I said those things that that kindergarten teachers. The kindergartner should know in, in, in kindergarten. But if you order my book, then it's right here. But here's a pledge that I want parents to be able to recite and and to confirm and pledge to do. Okay, I as a parent promise to give my child unconditional love. I promise to make my child feel validated, seen, and heard. I promise to separate my child's worth from their accomplishments and mistaken actions. I promise to teach my child positive values and ethics. I promise to meet with my child's teachers at school and take an active partnership in school education. I promise to show appreciation to my child's uniqueness and efforts. I promise to teach my child the proud history of her people and to let no one defile that history. I promise to practice active listening every day with my child. I promise to teach my child to walk with truth, honesty, integrity, and forthrightness and model this behavior myself. I promise to teach my child to love and respect themselves and others. I promise to teach my child to do unto others as they would have others do unto them. I promise to plan and participate in an activity with my child on a regular basis. I promise not to carry over yesterday's conflicts and disappointments into next into the next day. Each day will start fresh and positive. I promise to teach my child there is no free lunch and to not feel entitled to anything for which they have not worked and struggled. I promise to teach my child not to accept injustice from anyone. I promise to teach my child that designer clothing is insignificant to personal development, <laughs> accomplishments, of goals and dreams. I promise to teach my child that one's measure of worth is, is found in one's character, mind, and heart, and not found in what one is wearing. And I also want to leave with parents to say, treat your child as if they already are what you want them to be, and through your efforts, they will become what they ought to be.
1: You spoke so fast that you actually have a minute left. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Can
0: I say more?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> but
0: in the book. <laughs> but oh, I'm okay. so
1: glad you shared that pledge. I, I that was one of the things I highlighted highlighted in the book.
0: Oh, that's good. I'm glad you liked it. I mean, and you also saw the child's chant and the child's pledge. Yeah. That's wonderful.
1: It, everything is beautiful, and we want to leave something for them to have to, you know, find out about. So I think they have a good foundation. So I want to thank you uh, for this evening, and hope that you have a good rest of the evening. Oh, well,
0: thank you, Parthenia. Thank you for inviting me, and thank you for sharing my book uh, with your audience. And I hope that they will get... You know, African-Americans, we used to rule the world at one time, and we developed mathematics, science, and civics. You know, this was our brainchild. And I hear young people say, oh, I don't like math. I, You know, I can't do English. I'm saying, I don't know why not. Your people invented it. So we must not forget that we used to be the rulers of the world at one time, and we are the majority in the world. And in order to take our rightful place, Knowledge, information is so important. Uh, well, very like
1: good. Thank that you so much.
0: To and I've got lunch. to go
1: to the next thing.
0: Okay, thank you so much. You have so a good evening.
1: Our- All right. Take care. God
0: bless you. Thank you.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for our herb of the day. Today's herb, tonight's herb is borage And again, the resource is Bach and Bach uh, Their Prescription for Nutritional Healing book is a wonderful resource And the parts of borage used medicinally are the leaves and seeds Uh, The phytochemicals are uh, beta-carotene, psilocybin I'm sorry, silicic acid, tannin. The nutrients include calcium, choline, essential fatty acids, iron, magnesium, phosphorus, potassium, zinc, vitamins B1, B2, B3, and C. Uh, the actions and uses uh, include acts. It acting as an adrenal tonic and gland balancer. It contains valuable minerals and essential fatty acids needed for proper cardiovascular function and healthy skin and nails. The flowers of the borage plant are edible. Okay, and now for our yoga asana. Now, today, tonight's asana is halasana. And I'm going to give you Dr. Shah's recommendations first First, from his therapeutic yoga book. Uh, he specifies that the benefits include reducing stiffness of a soldier's shoulder Shoulders and back massages abdominal organs, relieves congestion from pelvic organs and gonads, tones endocrine glands, pituitary pineal thyroid, uh, adrenals, uh, quiets uh, quiets and rejuvenates the mind, loosens joints of upper and lower extremities, improves circulation to the brain, head and neck. It's one of my favorite postures. And the indications would be stiffness of the back and shoulders, gastrointestinal disorders of liver, spleen, and pancreas, um, stress-related diseases like diabetes, asthma, colitis, pituitary, thyroid, and parathyroid disorders, uh, mental tension, anxiety, and depression. Now, the This next bit of information comes from the uh, Yangar book, uh, Yangar's Way. And uh, the Halasana, Halasana is uh, one given a one in difficulty out of four. Um, with the trunk and legs taken over the head, the brain relaxes. You, and then the instructions are being Sarvagasana, keeping the legs straight. Exhale and take them over the head. Rest the tips of the toes on the floor. Raise the hips and take them over the head to curve the trunk slightly. Tuck the kneecaps in and, and lift the thighs, shins, and ankles. Keep the feet vertical, the heels stretching away from the trunk. Stay breathing evenly for three to five minutes or longer. Continue the Sarvagasana cycle or exhale and slide down. Sit and bend forward. Okay. Okay. And when you do these postures, remember to breathe and relax within the posture. You have been listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard at Blog Talk Radio on the Internet check the website, www.amtherapies.com, to see who my guest, possible live guest, will be next week, November 5th, 2019, with rebroadcasts on the 6th and 7th. At the end of next week's program, we will discuss the herbazwellia and the asana eka pada sarvagasana cycle, that whole cycle. Use the link on my site to listen to the program live on your computer, iPod, or cell phone on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Remember, we share rebroadcasts of special programs at 8 a.m. I'm sorry 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh there is a link for advertising on the program on my site. Email inquiries, resumes and or recordings to consult at amtherapies.com. And um you have both the web adjusters, web addresses, and you can go to either one of those for my blog or to purchase my co-authored book, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health and New Skin or Blood Type Specific Products. Subscribe to my newsletter, hear past programs, see the show guest list. Oh, and don't forget to visit Nemo Woodland Resorts. It, it is truly beautiful all year round and tell them Parthenia sent you. Wellness, wholeness, and wisdom be well.